this is Terry Beatley, your host of What If We've Been Wrong? I'm shining light into some dark places so that beauty, goodness, and truth defeat the schemes of the enemy. It's true, people are perishing for lack of knowledge, and we're instructed to have nothing to do with the evil deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what I do on What If We've Been Wrong? Rethink, explore, and uncover some hidden truths so that more people can experience an abundant life and the joy of being set free from the shackles that hold us in prison. Welcome to What If We've Been Wrong. All right, you're on What If We've Been Wrong, and we're shining light in dark places. And I can honestly say that I think today's broadcast is one of the most important broadcasts that I've ever done. And it's because every American needs to know what's in their medicine cabinet and what that has to do with the Chinese Communist Party and and the um, the the energy behind this of course is this coronavirus but a while back I read a book called China RX and it's about how America has grown dependent on China for our pharmaceuticals, for anywhere from 80 to 90% of the active ingredients in our pharmaceuticals, most of those active ingredients are made in China. And we really, for the most part, have no way of controlling the quality nor the quantity because the Chinese determine how much we're going to receive. And when I've read this book, I thought if the American people actually know what's happened over the last 20, 25, 30 years, 40 years, uh, and under three different presidencies, and I'm not including President Trump, okay? I'm talking about Reagan, Bush, and Clinton. The American people would come together and we would demand answers and we would demand solutions But first, before that can ever happen, we first have to understand and have the evidence that the United States is now dependent on China for our essential drugs. And wait till you hear the list of these essential drugs. You're going to be astounded. And then how we became dependent on China. And then what are the risks? Because we're going to present, my guest and I today, we're going to present a case why Uh, This is a national security risk and a national health risk to be this dependent on a foreign country. And then, of course, what's the solution? I mean, there is so much information to go over, uh, but let me tell you something. The the show today won't do it justice because it's so much information. So so I want to first introduce my guest, and her name is Rosemary Gibson. And um, uh, she has a long list of credentials, but I want you to know her as one of the co-authors of the book, China Rx. And I want you to get the book, and we're gonna, you're going to hear us promoting that book all throughout this show today. Rosemary, thank you for being on What If We've Been Wrong. Well, thank you so much for having me, Terry. It's great to be here to talk about this subject that's important to all of us. It, it, it really is, and I'm glad you, you share the time. And, and again, I, I, you're going to hear me, everybody, touting this book. It's an easy read, 
and I took, uh, I had a highlighter and then a marker pen, and I just have to tell you that there was not a page that went by that I didn't have some kind of note. And I had a bunch of o OMGs, like, oh my gosh, if Americans just knew this. And so, Rosemary, there's so much to talk about. And we're in the midst of this coronavirus, you know, you know, spreading across America. Uh, but I really want to stay, I want to stay focused on the content in your book. And we'll just tie a little bit in what's going on in Washington, D.C. about the coronavirus and how some of the congressmen and women are awakening to our dependency and the risk. And maybe let's start there. Let's just start there right out of the box. Can you, or would you please explain what... Uh, Senator Tom Cotton has proposed, and then we're going to get into the meat of what's inside your book. What's he proposed this week in D.C.? Yes, uh, thank you, Terry. Senator Cotton has proposed, among other things, to prohibit the purchase from China of pharmaceutical uh, of generic drugs by the Department of Defense, Veterans Affairs, Health and Human Services and all other ways that the federal government directly buys medicine. That is the most uh, foresighted recommendation in a piece of legislation that I've seen yet. And that's exactly where we need to go for our national health security and national security and to bring some of our manufacturing back here to the United States. Right, which we're going to talk about. Let, let's go over an example because I want I, I don't want anybody turning the dial. What would happen, Rosemary, if there was some big anthrax, um, whatever you call it, infection or release or spread? Anthrax attack. Yeah, attack. Yeah, an anthrax yeah. attack. What would happen? And what in the world would this have to do with China and our dependence on China? Well, back in 2001, when the anthrax attacks hit in New York City, Capitol Hill, and in post offices and elsewhere, the United States needed to buy 20 million doses of the antidote. It's an antibiotic that some of your listeners might know. It's called doxycycline. It's used for acne and other things. It's also an anthrax exposure antidote. And back then, we didn't make it anymore. And so the federal government went to a reputable European company. I interviewed the CEO of that company, and he said he had to get the starting material, the chemicals, from a plant in China. Incredible. And fast forward 20, fast forward 20 years, for people who are hospitalized with coronavirus, which fortunately is a very small percentage, some of the medicines that we use to treat critically ill people, you have to be on a ventilator, um, need sedatives, and if you get a secondary infection, bacterial infection, 90% of the ingredients to make those medicines come from China. Okay, so another example is the blood thinner, uh, heparin, and, and this was sort of near and dear to me as I'm learning about this in your book, because my daughter was at a medical clinic for one year, hooked up to a, a, a port, uh, IV, with a, to a port in her chest, and uh, getting Lyme treatment and um, getting detox for mold poisoning. And once a week, uh, that port would get cleansed, I guess you'd say, or whatever. They'd, they'd flush it with heparin. And, um, and then to read in your book about how America was shipped uh, contaminated heparin. Can you wa walk us through this example? Uh, sure. Uh, 
Terry, what happened was about 12 years ago, there was a shortage of the material to make this blood thinner, and companies outsourced the source of it to China for a lot of it, most of it. And with a shortage, they looked to find something to use, and so they came up with a fake substitute. Mm. And that fake substitute turned out to be lethal in very high doses. And it was a very devious strategy because when it mimicked the real product when it was tested. And so this was a highly sophisticated approach. In fact, that fake substitute was patented by the Chinese government. Oh, my So they gosh. knew. Wow. So they knew that that something was, and this was never approved by the FDA. And mm. so it was sent to countries around the world. And there were hundreds of Americans who died. You know, when these things happen, it's so hard to show cause and effect. How do you prove that, first, the medicine you got is the one that was contaminated? Mm -hmm. And secondly, if you become sick, how do you know that it was the medicine and not some other things? It's very, very hard to prove that. There's a chapter in China RX, made in China, do in America, good luck. There's no accountability. Right. No accountability for the quality. And you know now, 10% of our generic drugs are being made in China. We are, in, we are making generic drugs for Alzheimer's, antidepressants, Parkinson's disease, diabetes, epilepsy, um, people with HIV AIDS. 10% of our generic drugs are being made in China now. Okay. About 12 years ago, it was nothing. So they are ramping up very quickly. And oh. the West U.S. Western manufacturers are just collapsing. Okay. And I don't want our listeners to get confused because of what I quoted about the active ingredient. Now, am I, am I right on this? 80 to 90% of many of the active ingredients are already being made in China. And then our manufacturers here buy the active ingredient from a Chinese maker? Yeah, what happens is China got, has a huge chemical industry. So where they first got dominance, the big chokehold they have, Terry, is on the ingredients and the chemicals mm -hmm. to make thousands of our medicines. So they got that down, and now they're moving up the so-called value chain and they're making the full, the finished pills, the generic drugs. Okay, got it. They're making 10% of the generic drugs. That's what I, I want our listeners to understand is that they've got 80 to 90% of the active ingredients. And then, you know, American manufacturers are making the rest. But we're reliant on China for the active ingredient. We all understand that because you can read the back of a pill bottle. You know, so, so like acetaminophen. You know, if most people would think Tylenol, it's completely made in America, but am I wrong on that? If I was to go buy a generic uh, acetaminophen Tylenol generic? I think there is some acetaminophen made in the U.S., but uh, there is a global dependence on China for much of it. It's just incredible. Okay, so before we get into like the how and the why all this has happened, let's now talk about, um, well, uh, well, you know, like I, in your book, you talk about uh, frying that bacon on Sunday morning. 
What does Smithfield ham have to do with China and heparin? What is this? What's the connection there? Oh, sure. Well, I'm sure a lot of your listeners enjoy a nice ham on a Sunday evening dinner. And one of the largest pork processors in the U.S. is Smithfield, located in Virginia. And a number of years ago, this venerable Virginia company, it agreed to sell itself to a Chinese company because the Chinese you know, enjoy pork as their favorite meat. And they needed more of it. There's limited land carrying capacity to raise pigs in China. And this wasn't just an ordinary transaction from one company to another. The Bank of China, which is basically a, a, a government bank, they gave a $4 billion loan overnight to the company that purchased it from Smithfield. So now uh, Smithfield, uh, so many um, bacon uh, brands. Uh, when I was writing China RX, I saw that McDonald's sausage comes from Smithfield. That's from a Chinese-owned company. Mm. And they also... You know, from a health perspective, you know, the origin of that blood thinner, the raw material comes from pigs. And so China has a, you know, dominant market share, again, in the raw material to make that blood thinner. And by buying Smithfield, that only increased their their grasp on the global market. All right, Rosemary, let's finish talking about some of the other antibiotics. What else did you glean about our dependence on these antibiotics? Well, a lot of moms will give their children antibiotics for ear infections, for bronchitis or strep throat, and we, don't, we can't make them here anymore. Our antibiotic production went to China. So if you're giving your child an antibiotic, it's probably made with components from China. And if, we, and if you can't make antibiotics, you've really lost control over the ability to manage infectious disease. It's, it's stunning. Yeah. that we allowed our antibiotic just to leave the country. It's just amazing. Now, let's talk about the, uh, before we get into the how did all this happen, what, what did you find in your research? What, what was sh what's showing up in some of this uh, Chinese medicine um, you know, when, when it does go through the scrutiny of testing? You know, why, should, why should we be so well, you know, uncomfortable with this? A lot of your listeners will remember when dogs and cats died from contaminated pet food that came from China. It was adulterated with an industrial chemical called melamine. And literally thousands of dogs and cats died of kidney failure. And when China RX came out, one of the first reactions I got from a lot of people is, how is it that we're making medicines from there? How, how come we're buying medicines from there? I wouldn't buy dog food. Right. from there because they remember what happened and it's fascinating that contamination of pet food happened in 2007 and that's when we saw a huge push to outsource our generic drugs to China right okay and uh, and, and the quality and the quality issues are really a problem okay so what kind of things are are we finding when when you know these chinese drugs are tested and walk us through some of those scenarios and actually though before you do that correct me if i'm wrong when i read your book correct me if i'm wrong didn't they put in that melamine to it it masked 
the the percentage of protein that was in the dog and cat food to make it look like there was like added protein but in reality it just that's exactly right okay all right that's that's exactly right it was a cheap it was a cheap substitute for the real protein oh my gosh okay and and very 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 deceptive practices Right. And I, you know, I think it's important for people to understand this. We're talking about a communist country where, where the vast majority of people, I mean, I mean, you know, that the government fights any kind of notion of God. Okay. So we're talking about an atheist run country and who force abortions on their people. They don't care about human life. I I just think this is so. This is not like one more, you know, capitalist country or what. No, we're talking about the Communist Party of China and Smithfield. You know, Smithfield sold essentially to the Chinese government. All right, so let's keep going through a few more examples. Um, so we've talked about heparin, pe- uh, penicillin. That with that, the, the only people making penicillin now is that correct? Is China? For the most part, they have the large, they have the largest global uh, share. There are some plants in other countries, okay. but they're clearly the dominant uh, uh, maker of it. Okay. And here's another a very a troubling quality problem that happened, Terry. About uh, almost two years ago now, uh, there were reports of carcinogens yes. in blood pressure medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure a lot of listeners have had their blood pressure medicines recalled. And this didn't get a lot of attention, but the, the there was one company in China that made the active ingredients. We, we were talking about those earlier. Mm-hmm. It's such a large player globally that they were sending this contaminated product to more than 20 countries. So millions of people were affected and the amount of carcinogen was per pill, 200 times the acceptable limit. Oh my God! And when the FDA, fi- uh huh, two hundred times, hmm. and when the FDA f- finally got into the plant, they looked at their records, and it's clear that the manufacturing company knew it had a problem with its product, mm-hmm. that it did not meet U.S. standards, Western standards, but they sold it anyway. Incredible. And then uh, I don't know which drug it was and what the incident was, but but there was one of those drugs. It was contaminated, and when we did send our people over there, the Chinese had bulldozed over the manufacturing plant. That's somewhere. That's in right. Your, in and your, right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And right now with the coronavirus, there are no FDA inspectors in China. There's no one inspecting the plants for food, for medicine, for medical devices. It's going to be a very long time before the FDA gets back in there. Because if these are federal employees, and they volunteer. They can't force someone to go there on work travel. You have to volunteer. Who's going to want to do that? Right. And also, do you want to be the one federal employee that stops a Chinese company from sending product to the U.S. because 
it doesn't meet U.S. standards. Do you think the Chinese government will ever want to give that person a visa to come back? Yeah, I would say that person might not ever be seen again. Yeah, uh, it's just incredible. Spreading the out loud truth from sea to shining sea. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. To unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. We are the vision of the voices. Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. So let's get into the how did this happen? Because when I read through the chapter about how many, it's thousands, like 80,000 maybe, of chemists, American chemists, have been laid off, you know, over whatever, a 20-year period of time or something. My numbers may be off here. You can fill this in. I'm just, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. All these big recognizable names, Bayer, Novartis, Johnson & Johnson, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Pfizer, Merck, you know, they're, they've closed a number of their American plants and um, or their research centers, and they've opened up in China. Explain what's going on and the why behind this. That's happening because China is a very large population and they're growing in wealth. And their population wants Western medicines. And China says to these companies that if you want to sell them to us, well, you have to make, you have to have a presence here. You've got to invest in R&D. Hmm. And basically you have to teach us how to do what you do. But the real, where our dependency really is, is on the generic side. And that's what China RX is about. Okay. Because 90% of our medicines that we take are generic. And that's where China is really having the chokehold. Okay. So the quality problems are, are very significant. There was a group up in Connecticut. They're an online pharmacy and they test every batch of generic drugs and the brand name drugs before they sell it and they found that more than 10 percent of what they tested doesn't meet standard oh my gosh so let's wow so there was an epilepsy medicine to prevent seizures and the generics were just not working and which is dangerous if you're at risk of seizures i was talking with a friend of mine who was taking care of her disabled brother and they switched the generic drug and he started having seizures the FDA reported that you know a lot of women take the Synthroid the generic and the FDA found that in one company making the active ingredient the amount of active ingredient was inconsistent sometimes it was too high sometimes it was too low and And doctors oh go ahead what about the doctors Mm mm-hmm yeah, doctors are that I've spoken to are a number of them are really concerned about some of the generics that they're using that they just may not be working. Wow. So when doctors lose trust in the medicines that they give to their patients, right. You never get that trust back. 
Well, and the I, same with the public. Exactly. You know, when I spoke to you earlier today, and I, I think I'll share this story, because it's like how many other people might be going through the same thing. I, I'm, I'm hypothyroid, so for years, you know, I did take Synthroid, and then somewhere along the line, they, you know, the insurance company shifted me over to a generic. I didn't think twice about it, you know, because I've been on it for like 20 plus years. But recently, I switched pharmacies, and I, f- I forget what, I mean, I don't know if it was Lavoxel or whatever, one of the generic brands, and I, I would put the pill in my mouth, and before I could even get water into my mouth, the pill was already dissolving. And then I noticed something, at first I thought I was imagining it, it not that I eat mildew or mold, but if I did, that's what it would taste like. And I'd swallow it, and I would say, I was thinking, it's like, oh, my God, that it tastes like mildew or mold. And I thought, I must have imagined it. Then the next morning, the same thing. I think I took it maybe three times, and then I, I hiked it back to the local pharmacy, and I told the lady, I said, something's wrong with this. And I said, I'll pay, um, you know, the extra for the name brand. Now, granted, you know, maybe the active ingredient is still made over in China, but I, it just made me feel so uncomfortable swallowing this pill. And I just think how many people across this country just might not know to say, yeah, that something's wrong with this. So, well, what about vitamin well, C? Where are we with vitamin C? You know, it's like, surely vitamin C, you know, how can the Chinese get control of that? <laughs> right, there's the... Uh, a chapter in China RX called the penicillin and vitamin C cartels. And it describes how we lost our, our manufacturing of penicillin and vitamin C. And it's not just because China's cheaper, but because they have a plan and they engage in illegal practices like, like price fixing. And so what they did is they dumped, they sold it is, is another term on the global market at below market prices and they drove everybody out of business. And then when they got, you know, you know, they were the top dog worldwide, then they raised prices. Mm-hmm. This is how we lost our ability to make vitamin C for aspirin, for penicillin. So I'm sitting at the same place where I sat writing that book and that making that discovery and it's stunning. And this all happened within a couple of years of when we opened up free trade with China and got rid of the tariffs. Now, we had the landslide beginning. And I'm sorry, I interjected. It, it, was that under Bill Clinton, this whole free trade thing? Or did that happen before? The, the opening up of free trade uh, began in 2000 with the signing of the U.S.-China Trade Relations Act. And that took Democrats and Republicans to agree to it. Right. And then China joined the World Trade Organization the following year. So there's a lot of people on both sides that uh, made that happen. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So the, and I think that's an important point here is that you could probably find as much blame on one side of the aisle as another, right? Um, I suppose, you know, uh, but that, let, let's keep pushing on though, as far as, so, well, actually walk us through that. Cause a lot of people still might not understand so what does that mean? China's now trading and all this. It would walk us down on a very elementary level. What does that mean to 
mom and pop the consumer. Uh, what does it mean for what China did to fix prices? Well, yeah, yeah. And it, I remember in your book, I actually had this page tagged. It was page 72. Um, how it says in September 2016, the United States Court of Appeals vacated the lower court's judgment that the Chinese companies violated U U.S. antitrust law. Um, you wrote, the court ruled that the Chinese firms, quote, were required by Chinese law, you know, meaning communist law, to set prices and reduce quantities of vitamin C sold abroad, and doing so posed a true conflict between China's regulatory scheme and U.S. antitrust laws. So in other words, America's, basically America's screwed because the communist government tells its companies to you know, lower the prices so these companies are obliged to do what the communist government tells them to do. Granted, it's all like one and the same. And America has no recourse. I, I was so shocked at this, Rosemary. Terry, there's the next sentence. And it goes on. The U.S. Appeals Court in New York concluded that China's, quote, interests outweigh whatever antitrust enforcement interest the United States may have in this case Incredible. as a matter of law. So the Chinese government used our judiciary to try to undermine our economic system. If that case decision had been left to stand, China and every other country can operate cartels and wipe out the U.S. economy while U.S. companies are required to abide by antitrust law. And during multiple administrations, this case began in the courts in about 2005, so in multiple administrations, Republican and Democrat, the Department of Justice never weighed in on behalf of the American people and U.S.-based businesses. Mm. It wasn't until a couple of years ago in the current administration that the American companies appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court with support from an, a letter from the Justice Department. And the Supreme Court, in a unanimous decision, told the appeals court that it gave too much credence to Chinese statement that it, it required its companies as a matter of law. Instead, it was there was evidence at trial that, in fact, they just voluntarily conspired to fix prices and control supply. And so it's been more than 18 months since that Supreme Court decision. Mm -hmm. And we've heard nothing out of the Court of Appeals. It's hard to see how this is so difficult a case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you need a donor to give and, and they, a book to every congressman, every senator. All of them need to read your book, Rosemary. I mean, you spell it out so clearly here. So, okay, what, explain, you know, who's against this? Who, who in D.C., and I'm, you know, not that you have to name names or something, but why would anybody, well, I guess you're, you're looking at Big Pharma. Big Pharma now, they've moved their research places over to China, so they've kowtowed to what the Chinese want. I don't know. Shed there are 
there are a lot of special interests in Washington who believe that doing business with China is good for America and certainly good for their bottom lines. But here we have the coronavirus situation that shows the how foolish that uh, plan is for the American people when the whole world is dependent on a single country for thousands of our medicines. Unbelievable. We wouldn't have 80% of the world's oil, you know, coming from China. We wouldn't have, you know, 80% of the world's wheat concentrated in a single country. But we've done that for our essential medicines. And so now you have the perfect storm. And what happened now is I predicted this, regrettably, in China RX, that in the event of a natural disaster or a global pandemic, this is like on page three, mm-hmm. if China shut the door on exports, the United States will wait in line with other countries. So you know why there's a shortage of ventilators in this country? Get off medicines for a little bit. Sure. Yeah, there's a shortage of ventilators, right? There's a shortage of ventilators right now because China stopped shipping the circuit boards to make them. Is that why? So so has our president exposed that or is that something that would probably be kept under wraps or is it? Well, uh, it's clear that we have a shortage of ventilators, but it took three years to research China RX because very powerful forces don't want the truth to come out about what the real situation is and how we got here. Right. But that said, there's uh, the coronavirus spending bill has uh, funding to make uh, ventilators here. We can make the circuit boards here, but exactly. we have to wait longer. Yeah. And we can make the gloves and the masks. And on the mask side, China withheld the export of masks produced in the United States, destined for the United States and, uh, and other countries. Yeah. It's un- so does so, it need it for its own people? So do, do you know the history of how the circuit boards for the ventilators began being made only in China or primarily in China? I mean, that just seems like something we would be making here. Uh, I don't know the specific answer to that, but it's like anything else. We have a whole supply chain that everybody gets rewarded for the cheapest price. Golly, yeah. That's how their performance ratings are, you know, for their jobs. Yeah. Go home and feed their families. Right, right. It's just, I I want our listeners, you know, every American needs to understand um, that, you know, the basic supply and demand, supply and demand. And if the supply is controlled by China, uh, I mean, they have us by the neck. Um, They can do whatever they want to do, you know? So, um, hmm. Well, well, Terry, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw this, but a couple weeks ago, the Chinese state media actually threatened the United States with a shortage of antibiotics oh, and I, saying if it did so, that the United States would be in an ocean of hell from coronavirus. It's your news and entertainment network. News blogs, informative podcasts, entertaining videos, or listen to 24-7 Talk Radio on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We the people, AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all.
Welcome to the new era in communications. America Out Loud Talk Radio. What if a new treatment backed by 17,000 scientific articles was proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance? What would you pay for even the smallest dose of this treatment? Well, the good news is you don't have to pay anything because these are just some of the benefits of a full night of quality sleep. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Until now, most sleep aids haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM Sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM Sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's HealthyCell.com sleep. So where do we go from here? What needs to be done? What are some of the solutions? Well, one of the first recommendations in China RX is that there be, you know, the government reviews where we're dependent uh, because this was not widely known. I'm very happy to say, Terry, that as a result of the book, that that review has, has been underway. Good. That we have a much better idea of our vulnerability. The next step is, so what are we going to do about it? Mm-hmm. And the most common sense thing is that we have to have some basic level of manufacturing here in the United States. And there's tremendous um, mines here, innovative technology to make our generic drugs faster, cheaper, mm-hmm. with a smaller environmental footprint and real-time quality control. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. But I think there are a lot of powerful forces that don't want that to happen. But we have to try and to bring some of that manufacturing back home. Right. Absolutely. Well, and I think, that's why I think your book is so important, because these powerful forces, whoever they are, you know, I can maybe cherry pick a few, but I don't understand who all these powerful forces are. Uh, but I do want to know. Uh, uh, but, but as the people, as the American people, and like I shared before, I think when American moms understand how their children are at risk. I think of my my daughter, and she's 24. Uh, we'd have to do the math. You know, what was all, you know, when, when her first year of life, she kept getting ear infections because her, what is it called? The eustachian tube was too, like, flat. It wasn't tilted enough. So she would get ear infection after ear infection after ear infection. And poor little thing was on so many antibiotics in her first 12 months of life. You know, I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, were the active ingredients made over in China? You know, I don't know. You know, I'd have to go back and look at all the dates. But uh, uh, my point is, when moms find this out, when moms understand what's inside your book, we will see a groundswell movement, a demand, and I'm, I'm, I want to be a part of it. (laughs) And, uh, and we can go dump our generic pharmaceuticals on the laps of these congressmen, these senators, and the powers that be, and whoever these trade associations are who, who want everything to come out of China for whatever the reasons are. At the end of the day, it's always about money. 
money, money, money. But I believe there are enough good people, there are enough good investors over in the in this country, enough billionaires out there who if they could read your book, they, you know, they'd be part of the investment money behind uh, bringing this manufacturing back to our country. What say you? Uh, we have to uh, demand, demand and buy differently. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go out shopping for clothes or whatever it is, you know, how we spend our money, you know, helps if we buy American and that helps uh, American workers, our neighbors and mm-hmm. our overall economy. And we've got to change how we purchase medicine just from our taxpayer, just on generic drugs. Six billion dollars of our hard earned money is going to help grow China's generic industry as ours is dying. Well, it, so it, our, that money should be stayed here. Absolutely. Can you shed some light on, you know, these thousands and thousands of chemists who were let go? I mean, it, it seems so it seems so depressing to read. Um, I don't know what chapter it was in, but, you know, these super bright people who worked in these thriving environments where the best of the best, the brightest of the brightest worked. It walk us through, Rosemary, how some of these people just lost their jobs overnight. Well, Terry, I just got a call this evening before we got on, you and I, from someone who told me about a, a plant in the Midwest that is, you know, ready to, it's a manufacturing plant that's empty. Hmm. There's another one uh, uh, outside New York City, and it used to employ 400 people. These are the STEM jobs we talk about. Mm. These are pharmaceutical engineers. They're chemists. They're brilliant people. And we are selling it for a song. So what's the next generation of our young people? What are they going to do? Not everybody can work in McDonald's. Right. These are the advanced industries that are the future of our country. And China has an industrial policy to disrupt, dominate, and displace the U.S. and other Western countries. All right, say those three words this, again. Wait a minute, that's worth slowing down and making sure our people hear that. Say it one more time. <laughs> sure. China, China's uh, plan, which is well underway, is to disrupt, dominate, and displace okay. U.S. and other Western companies in this industry and all the other advanced industries that are the future of our country's economy. Mm. All right. So, and they have an industrial policy mm-hmm. and a plan. We've got nothing. Well, and yeah, because the Chinese, they don't think just about tomorrow, you know, and the next election, because they don't have elections, basically. They've got their dictator in there for years and years and years. And so they, they've got a 100-year plan, a 50-year, a 100-year plan of what you just said, disrupt, dominate, and displace. And what do Americans do? We're running around every two to four years fighting between Democrats and Republicans and totally oblivious to what the Chinese are doing to us. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. So, okay, but let's go back to the solution. What can the people do? Because if if we don't grind this home to the local, local level, the evil one gets away with more of this. 
So, so if Rosemary controlled America, uh, what would Rosemary do? D- down to the local level, Rosemary, what would you want the people doing? Uh, the first is to uh, see if you can find out where your drugs are made. Just try it. Uh, and go to your, if you pick your medicine up at a pharmacy, ask the pharmacist to show you the box and take a picture of it with your phone mm-hmm. and call the company and ask them where it's made and see if they'll tell you. If they don't want to tell you, you know, why is that? Good companies would want to let you know where their product is made. The second thing is to reach out on uh, my Twitter is Rosemary100. Tell me your story of your experience with generic drugs. If you've had problems with certain generics, um, if you found out about where some of your medicines come from and what you learned from that experience, um, share your story. And let's have lots of people sharing their stories. Okay. And on social and con- media, and, and, and con- I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to ask. On social media, are you also on Facebook, or is it primarily Twitter? It's Twitter and LinkedIn. Okay. All right. But if someone wanted to start something on Facebook, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And the book, of course, is China RX. You can order it at Amazon. Are there other? Yeah, because right now I don't think Amazon's printing books. That's what somebody told me. Um, is there any other place they can go to find your book? Any of the big box stores, or I'm sure it's everywhere. Uh, it's in stock on Amazon, and the publish and the publisher has more copies coming. But it is stock on in stock on Amazon. The last time I looked. And I'm sure you can go to Barnes and Noble or other bookstores and order it. And just want people to know that we donate whatever small proceeds we get from this book. Um, and I also want your listeners to know that no one paid me to do this. I spent three years researching it. It has 900 footnotes in it because I wanted to provide facts to the American people. So this is for all of us, for our health security, our well-being. And our good health. Absolutely. So I'd be really grateful if you could share it and let people know about it. And there's, again, the section in the back on how you can find out where your medicines are made. Right. And and before we sign off here, you know, because if people do go and I, they ask their pharmacist, you want to take a picture of the, the container, the box, whatever that the drug comes in. Um, but, but it may be made in America, but the active ingredient is still made over in China. And that's what's going to be hard to find out. Am I correct on that? That's right. That's why you call the company and ask not only where the finished drug is made, but the active ingredient. Okay. Now that said, you know, the active ingredient might be made here still, but the chemicals to make it come from China. Okay. So I think it's just a matter of raising awareness about where our medicines are coming from Exactly, is a great start. And also, people should call their members of Congress and say, I have concerns about medicines made in China, and we should change our laws so that we don't buy them. Rosemary, we have probably so much more to talk about, uh, but we're out of time. I'm going to probably have you back on again, and we're going to help you get America educated so uh, we are less dependent on China. Thank you, President Trump. 
He had his finger on the Chinese pulse long before he ever entered uh, the White House. He understood what China had done. He understood how President Bush, how President Clinton, and how President Obama had thrown America under the bus, had thrown the American worker under the bus. And probably he understood how they had thrown the American scientists under the bus, the Chinese bus. President Trump fully understood it then, and he understands it now. And now with the coronavirus pandemic, we can better appreciate, um, understand uh, what this really means, that we're dependent on China for masks and for uh, body protective gear for our medical workers, as well as all these pharmaceuticals. So I say, thank you, President Trump. Thank you, President Trump, for leading us out of this pandemic and also for knowing what, what you need to do uh, with, with China. You get it. So, um, all right, my other thoughts are these. In, well, I think it's, it's number one, it's recognizing what's the Chinese plan, you know, the overall plan. China has a centralized plan designed by and executed at the highest levels of their communist government for, wor for world domination, okay, in these different uh, in these different uh, um, uh, markets. And that's number two. They want to drive out the global competition in these different markets. You know, for me, I used to think of China as the party favors and the, you know, the Walmart, uh, you know, coffee mugs and really anything you get in Walmart, all that low-level stuff. I had never wrapped my head around. And I, and I, I predict the majority of Americans are like this. The, the high level of competition uh, they are, um, are coming at America with on, these, on the high-end products. You know, we're talking about pharmaceuticals, medical equipment, and all this. And if I have time, I'm going to read to you this list of medical equipment. So the centralized plan to design and uh, be executed by the communist government to drive out global competition, to dominate the world markets in these different sectors, but also something else, to instill fear of retribution, okay? They have so much power over different countries now, including the United States of America, um, that they instill fear of retribution. And, and so they've got their trade organizations. They're right there in Washington, D.C. And then they will pit, um, it's too long to get into, but they literally pitted America's beef industry against the chicken industry in America. They know how to work these channels. And the other thing, keep in mind, they have a very long-term view of things, whereas America, you know, we think about tomorrow or, you know, a year from now. They're thinking about, you know, world domination and how to get there systematically. And then lastly, they, they use all of this and they, they leverage it to extract economic and political concessions from the countries who are dependent on China. They know how to play the game. And so from D.C. down to, you know, the local chicken, you know, producer 
in, in your area, um, they have ties to all of these and they're trying to figure out how can they work our system, get one over on us, so we then have to kowtow to them. And that's exactly what's happening now. They've essentially done it. So the question remains, you know, how do we take it back? Because what would happen if you go to your pharmacy and, and let's say it's full disclosure, right now it's not. I mean, you would have to spend probably hours trying to figure out if your active ingredients in your pharmaceuticals are made in China. Maybe some things you could find out faster than others, but I would venture to say it would take you quite a long time. And so imagine this, though, if we could at least get to the point where we can find out if the active ingredients in our medications are made in China. So then you go to your pharmacy, and the pharmacist says, well, you have two options. You can get your ABC drug made in China, and it'll cost you $15 for a 30-day supply. Uh, and the active ingredient, it's not very trustworthy because the FDA has found that it can be too high, too low, which can have a very detrimental effect to your health, or you can go spend $60 for your month-long supply, but it's made in the United States of America. It's pretty much 100% trustworthy. It's been FDA um, uh, um, approved, and, and it's safe. Which way are you going to go, America? Are you going to spend you know, 10 or $15, or are you going to spend 50 or $60 for the Made in America drug? These are the choices, and this is, this is what it's all about, the bottom line, the bottom line. So let's talk about that bottom line with the few minutes we have left and how it's affected even you know, the local communities. For me, I didn't grow up in a manufacturing uh, community, uh, not at all. So it, it, until really reading the China RX book where she talked about how in 2007, the Bayer company, and we know it is like Bayer Aspirin, the Bayer Pharmaceutical Company closed its West Haven, Connecticut plant, and they laid off 1,000 scientists. Boop, just 1,000 scientists. Uh, and then in, and this is uh, the pharmaceutical industry altogether in America, between 2010 and 2013, they laid off 86,000 scientists in the U.S. pharmaceutical industry. That's 86,000 scientists. These are people with chemistry degrees, biology degrees, you know, highly experienced people. Here's another example, Johnson & Johnson. They cut 4,800 jobs in 2007 and then turned around and cut another 8,000 jobs in 2009. And the CEO, Alex Gorsky, um, he fashionably sugarcoated what they were doing. And I'd like to read this directly from China RX book. Uh, this is what Alex Gorsky said. He's a CEO of Johnson & Johnson in 2009. He said, well, we see this as a way to move from bringing great products to China to actually discovering and developing things in China. Ultimately, what we would love to do is then be able to take those from markets like China and take them to other markets around the world. 
Well, Mr. Gorski, what you essentially said is that Johnson & Johnson made the decision to screw the American scientists and the American factory worker, and you decided to move your company, at least that part of it, to China so you could turn around and appease the Chinese. You could strive to get uh, low, low prices out of China to turn around and sell these back to America with their low-grade products. And in the meantime, you've fired and you've disrupted the livelihood of thousands and thousands of American scientists who literally built communities around your Johnson & Johnson plants. It's just, it's unbelievable. Um, how about Merck? Oh, the big company Merck. They cut 5,000 jobs in, in uh, 2011. Four months later, the company tagged Beijing as the site of a $1.5 billion Asia Research and Development Headquarters with 600 scientists. And you can mark my word on this, they were not American scientists. They would be the Chinese scientists. The list, folks, goes on and on. So my parting thought to you is this, read China RX and learn what's in your drugs, start pressing in, really find out where are the active ingredients made in your drugs, and then uh, go on to these uh, food and drug sites uh, where you can continue to learn. Start talking this up, talk to your congressman, call your congressman, call your senator and tell them that you are very, very unhappy with America's dependence on China all the way down to our pharmaceuticals. It's bad enough. Our, our you know, uh, food now is coming from China. Uh, that's a whole other discussion. But you let your, your elected officials know that you're unhappy and you're talking this up in your community. Get the book, and I will see you next time. And hey, what we're doing is we're shining light in dark places because I believe there is bright light at the end of this tunnel. And make sure you get the talk radio app on your phone because America Out Loud is on 24-7. And what if we've been wrong? It's 1 o'clock Monday through Friday. I'll see you tomorrow.